1: Log talk
0: radio you're tuned in you're tuned in to stardom
1: 100 radio stardom 100 radio what time is it with your host tanisha davis we're the show that's keeping it all the way 100 with you ladies and gentlemen this is a heavily orchestrated, never-duplicated lyrical symphony known as the Eternal One Eternity, a.k.a. Mr. Everlasting, the Lyrical Assassin, mm-hmm. and you are tuned into to Stardom 100 Radio. Mm-hmm. Let's go.
0: All security!
1: Yo, what's poppin'? It's the Young Lion, Sammy, and right now you're tuned in to Stardom 100 Radio. Keep it locked.
0: What's up, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another dope discussion here on Starting 100 Radio. And I am your host, none other than Tanisha Davis. And today we have a very special guest, uh, Miss Vanessa Lorraine, who will be talking about her business, The Curl Refinery. And we're going to be learning a lot of information about the work that she does and even how you could get involved with this hair business. So, Vanessa, how are you today?
1: I am doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Now, you have been very busy. Um, You were a stockbroker, and then you ventured off into starting your own hair business. So for the listeners, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and
1: how you got started? Absolutely. So I always like to say I'm the perfect blend of a nerd and a hustler. Um, I've always excelled academically and intellectually. Graduated from high school, top of my class. Got accepted to Yale, Cornell, a number of top tier universities. But I ended up getting my undergraduate degree in economics from Washington University in St. Louis. I got my master's from DePaul in Chicago. And right out of college, my first, first professional job was a stockbroker. Um, wow! That's the that's the nerd side, right? <laughs> But the hustler <laughs> side is I've literally been selling something, whether it's a product or a service, since I was eight years old. My mother wow. used to do my hair in these ugly braids. I'm talking about <laughs> ugly. We call them dookie braids in Chicago. I don't yes, I know dookie braids. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Yeah. I used to get teased so bad in school, and I couldn't fight. So I just had to take the teasing. Oh. Um, they would call me the predator, all types of stuff. And one night she oh sat me down God. to do my Man, yes, it was rough. One night she sat me down to do my hair, and I was like, I don't I don't like the way you do my hair. And she must have been tired because she was like, you know what, you can do it yourself. So I went in the bathroom with a comb, some blue magic oil, and a piece of weave. And I spent two hours in that bathroom, and I came out with one braid. And ever since then, I've been doing hair. Um, always on the side because, you know, I had my finance career, but I took clients here and there. So finally I decided, you know what, I got my master's degree. I'm very unfulfilled in my career. Let me do hair full time. I was in a salon, and I realized I was losing a ton of revenue by sending my clients to beauty supply stores to purchase hair just for me to install it. So I kind of started by supplying my clients with their hair. Um, Then I caught the attention of a popular YouTuber. I sent her hair, um, literally spent less than $100 on it. I had to buy the domain, and I had to buy my website. So I started the business with $800. The YouTube video that she did went viral, and my company blew up overnight. So the Pearl wow. Refinery was birthed, did over a million dollars in sales within my first year.
0: Oh, my God. Now, that that is epic. That, I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. So, girl, so, like, how did you, I mean, like, um, as far as, like, getting started, like, was there, like, did you go through with a vendor, a distributor? Like, how did you get um, the, pro, you know, get started as far as getting the products that you needed to be able to distribute to uh, customers?
1: So, at that time, I um, found a company that I was able to get a wholesale contract with, and I was mm-hmm. able to make the hair truly unique. Um, pretty much, they just applied the raw material and I was able to make the hair unique. And that's how I started. But now I have a factory, you know, a dedicated factory, my own factory that I use. But starting out, um, wholesale. Okay. Now,
0: a lot of people, it depends on their age group, they don't know nothing about that blue magic. Now, because before (laughs) you mentioned about that blue magic, before there was, like, a lot of jail. I remember my mom using blue magic and water. You had to dip that brush <laughs> in that water, and, and that was your jam. That,
1: <laughs> that blue magic so, and that hot comb, Saturday night, yes. getting up church Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> See, they
0: don't know nothing about that. We've we'd been through a lot. So I definitely relate. Now, I want to, um, it is so many people. Uh, tapping into this field or trying to get into the market of selling hair, uh, what sets you apart from everyone else?
1: So I am very unique. Um, so let's start with the the industry in general. We know that the black hair care industry is actually Korean-dominated. So what oh, sets wow. me apart mm-hmm. from my major competitors is that I'm black. <laughs> I am yes. a consumer okay. of my products. So unlike them who are looking online and making products based on what they see, I literally make products based on what I know. So most of my mm-hmm. items, I'll have a vision or a dream or just something that I want to see on myself or someone else, I'll sit in my warehouse, I will hand make the product myself before I have wow. my factory produce it. I, I'm sitting here looking at some twists I'm doing right now, just a new idea that I came up with. So the fact that I'm actually a consumer of my own product sets me apart from the Koreans because I know what the customer wants because I am a customer. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that sets me apart, when you think hair company nowadays, you're typically thinking someone that sells bundles or someone that sells wigs. Yeah. I actually only have one bundle product out of the 99 SKUs that I have. Um, I primarily sell hair for braid styles, twist styles, goddess lock styles. Um, I even trademarked the name Style Packages because I wanted to give people every single thing they needed to do a particular style. Because I remember when I would do my hair or I would have clients, I'd have to send them to two to three different beauty supply stores because I'm like, okay, you're going to get this hair from there, and then that hair is on sale at the other one, and you got to run around the city. So one thing I wanted to do different was give everything in one package to do that particular style, which is why I trademarked Style Packages. Okay.
0: Now, uh I, I like that um because like um you spoke about it, the thing that does stand out too is that you know, you you are black. And I like that more mm-hmm. black business, you know, because it's so many uh it's so many uh, other cultures. <laughs> trying to tell you what black hair needs, you know, like trying to uh, meet the black hair needs. Uh, And I I just feel like who better to relate to than someone that knows. And I think that's awesome that, you know, you're dealing with someone that already knows what we like, what we need. They're not just trying to collect a dollar. They know exactly what you want and what you like. So I do like that that stands out about you. Um, now, you said you were a stockbroker. Like, how did you transition from um, from being a stockbroker
1: into, like, the hair industry, or was it much of a transition for you? So I heard the intro to your show, and I'm familiar with you, and you say you like to keep it 100. So I'm going to keep it yes. 100 with you. There was literally no transition, um, okay. I took a believe of faith. There's no other way to put it. But yeah, looking but back, I can honestly say that every experience of my life led me to this point, from people that I met to jobs that I worked that I thought I hated. And I'm like, why am I here? Why am I in this job? I hate this. When I look back now, i gained something from every experience to help me excel mm-hmm. now. So what happened was I, I already had experience writing patents and trademarks. I already knew the ins and outs of businesses I already had the financial background. I was already familiar with e-commerce. I was a stylist, so I knew hair. Um, I had a YouTube channel, so I was familiar with social media. I was familiar with YouTube. Those things just played in together. So when the moment was thrust upon me, when the YouTube video dropped, there wasn't room for a transition. It went viral instantly. Um, Wow. I, I invested $100, and it literally flipped into a million in a year there was not a transition. I just had to take a leap of faith.
0: Now, that's what I call, like, walking in your purpose, because I feel like whenever you step into something that's your purpose, it, you know, because we can have a lot of gifts, you know, but when you're mm-hmm. walking in your purpose, that's when the doors seem to fly open, and it's like, yes. wow. So I, I think that's amazing that you stepped out on faith and a lot of people need to learn to do that. When it comes to entrepreneurship, sometimes you just got to leap, you know, sometimes yeah. you can't just sit there and be like, well, I'm going to wait until I build up this amount of money or I'm going to wait until this happens. You'll be waiting forever. Sometimes you just have to you go ahead and will. say, let me just jump out there. And and when you're in your is. gift, you know, in your purpose, it's it's going to take off for you. So um, yeah. now, would you say, um, like I, I mentioned earlier, it's a lot of people trying to get into the hair
1: business, would you say that it is a very lucrative business to invest in? Of course. I mean, like, if you look at the numbers, there is no debating that the black hair care industry is a multi 1000000000 dollars industry. I mean, the numbers are out there. Um some people believe that it's oversaturated. Like you said earlier, there's a lot of people in the hair business. There's a lot of people looking mm-hmm. to get into the hair business. I love this industry because no matter how much it evolves and changes. Like if you think about finger waves to braids oh, yeah. to new styles like it is constantly evolving and changing. However, I do not see it going anywhere. So that's no. why I love this business. I I personally think it it's an amazing thing to get into. I encourage Encourage other black my, black women, men, other minorities in general to step into the market. Um, that's why I do consulting. That's why I wrote the ebook because I don't want to do it by myself. Contrary to popular belief, there are a lot of people in this industry that want to see others in this industry. I would rather my closest competitor be someone that looks like me than right. someone that doesn't and knows nothing about the industry. So I do coaching right. and consulting to pull people into the industry so that we can take it back together and dominate.
0: I love that. I I, I really want to see more beauty uh, shops that are owned, like that sell um, hair products, beauty supply places owned by black people. I really would love to say that. And yes. that's no offense to any other uh, culture. It's just I, I want to see more of our people in, in business, you know, because how is it? I, I just – I can hardly relate to someone that doesn't have my texture of hair trying to tell me what looks good on me. You know, you're probably going to say it looks good because you just want to get a sale. But when I talk to my black sister or my black brother, and they and I say, hey, how does this hair look? They're going to give me the truth. They're going to be like, okay, you should try this or you should try that. So I really would love to see more of us in business and, and and I like that you said that, like, I would rather see my competition be uh, another uh, person that looks just like me. It's time for that. Absolutely. You know, every beauty salon that you go into, you're usually seeing someone uh, that's either from another culture, you know, that they're either Korean they're, uh, or they're either mm-hmm. uh, Arab. You know, you're not seeing mm-hmm. a lot of black people in business, and it's time for it. So I like that you mentioned that. Um, now, you yes. said that had wrote a book um, tell me a little bit yeah.
1: about your book so my latest book has not even launched yet it's set to launch Wednesday of next week and it's called my okay. million dollar mistakes 10 business mistakes that cost me millions of dollars so a ton kind of outlines my journey from 100 to a million um and the mistakes that I made along the way that not only cost me money but Lost revenue, lost opportunities. It walks people through them. It makes you think about your own business or the business idea you have brewing in your mind, so that you can avoid them. And it'll be available on my website, VanessaLorraine.com. dot com. So next week. Okay. Now
0: I just want to know. Can you just give me just a little, just a little bit of a sneak peek? Uh, what is uh, a little bit of information that we can find out? from this book? Like, what is something that we can learn just a
1: little bit? Of course. So two of my 10 mistakes (laughs) was, one, not (laughs) listening to my customers. So I talk about the fact that you should offer your customers a way to provide you feedback about your products and services. An upset customer is going to tell someone, whether it's their cousin, their sister, someone on the Internet, they are going to tell someone. And as business owners, we should want that someone to be us. I want my upset customers to tell me about the experience so that I can grow from it and so that I can resolve the issue. So, that would be one. Um, Another one would be taking things far too personal. Um, Early on in my business, I was emotional about everything related (laughs) to my business. I mean, every decision was a personal decision. It was emotional. Um, I felt like, look, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into the curl refinery. It's my baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. I protected it as such. Um, so while, of course, my business is always going to hold a soft spot in my heart, I had to realize that in order to be successful, I had to shift away from making emotion-based decisions in business. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, I definitely relate to that. Um, just being in journalism, uh, you know, <laughs> when you have those moments where someone doesn't agree with something you said, you have to learn how yeah. to
1: just stay <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Anyway, so I definitely understand that. So I'm looking forward to the release of your book. I'll definitely be sure to get a copy of it. And um, absolutely. I wanted to. Oh, I wanted to ask. Um, because with entrepreneurship, a lot of people, you know, sometimes it's like, well, this this is just amazing. It just took off and went from there. But were there any moments of doubt? Because a lot of people don't know. How entrepreneurship works. As far as like when you're in mm-hmm. business for yourself, it can be stressful. So, were there any moments where you were like in doubt, like wondering, am I really walking in my purpose? Am I really doing what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing?
1: Of course. <laughs> of course. Anybody that tells you there aren't, they, they're, they're lying to you and they're for real just trying <laughs> to sell you a dream. And I promise you, they'll take a payment plan on mm-hmm. that dream because it's going to be expensive that they trying to sell because of course there are like people don't see the 72 hours straight that I would stay awake trying to resolve a tech issue on my website people don't see how many failed attempts at a handmade product I made and one of the biggest um hurdles is being a 100% black owned and operated hair company in a Korean dominated industry that was one of the biggest Mm -hmm. hurdles and I've I have some of the craziest stories from hiring Mm -hmm. a Korean associate to pretend like he was me (laughs) and trying to negotiate certain contracts and get things taken care of. Um, All types of things have discouraged me, but I kind of overcome it by thinking about my why. Like I truly wake up every day and continue to push because my passion is seeing African-Americans take back the beauty industry And when I think about my why, I have to think like, okay, but Vanessa, are you the one that can get this why accomplished? And I just have to remember this is not my first rodeo. I was a 24-year-old black female stockbroker in a middle-aged, white male-dominated industry. So I faced Mm.
0: these challenges
1: before. They just have different names now. So if I excelled then, I'm absolutely going to kill it now because now my purpose is stronger.
0: I love that. I love that um, because one, um, like like I stated earlier, it you know you you have people that say, "Oh, this happened," and it just took off from there. It's beautiful to hear that there were moments where there was a struggle. There there were moments where there was doubt, you know, unsurety, but you kept pressing because we always hear these stories from some business owners that are like, "I never went through anything. It just I just did oh, it. High oh. Oh. investment." And I, it, it just took off from there, and you can do it, too.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, no, the, lies they, like,
1: the lies, lies they tell.
0: The lies they tell. believe like, I'm
1: telling you, don't believe it. Right. Do not I've, believe I've it. Heard, no.
0: I, girl, I've heard, girl, I've heard even celebrities that are like, I moved to L.A. to pursue my dream, and I only had $200 in my pocket, and from there I became a movie star. No, tell us the truth, because L.A. is expensive. I'm from there. It's expensive. Tell yes. us the truth.
1: You know, so I love when people come
0: I, and they share
1: their truth, you know. I just always have very real and very transparent, and especially with me wanting to pull in others into this industry It it would backfire later if I would tell you, like, yes, you know, it's perfect, there's no problem, it's going to be smooth sailing. I pull you in to start your own line, your own company, I'm mentoring you through it, and now the the hurdles that are really there and have always been there, you're presented with, and you're looking at me crazy. So I try to let people know in advance, like, look, it is a struggle, but it is absolutely, absolutely worth it in the end. Yes. That's beautiful.
0: So, what advice to my listeners uh, would you give for anyone that is looking to get into this hair industry? Um, what advice would you have for them? Because I know they're watching so many other people.
1: You know, what would you say for to them? So, my number one piece of advice is to find a mentor. Um, I had to recreate the wheel in so many areas of business because I didn't have anyone that did what I was doing. Um, my family was successful, but They were successful in corporate America. They weren't entrepreneurs by any means. So now I'm trying to figure out this entrepreneurship thing. Plus, I'm trying to figure out this new industry. And I've made so many mistakes that, to me, I didn't even know they would have been mistakes. But to anyone that had walked the path before me, they would have saw the red flags Mm -hmm. a mile away. Like, wait, no, that don't sound right. I didn't know, Mm -hmm. though. So Find a mentor. And, and, again, we're talking about the black hair care industry. Um, that can be extremely hard because one thing people don't realize is it takes a lot for us to get into this industry. I talked about the barriers of entry with Koreans. It takes a lot, of period, to get into mm-hmm. this industry. And I think what happens a lot of time is once people make it in, they want to protect it like it's their own baby. And they right. look at someone else trying to make it like they're going to take food off their plate. <laughs> yeah. Not realizing that right? we hold such a small portion of the industry. Like we're fighting over this one percent between us, the black beauty owners. There's a whole another ninety nine. Let's get together to take over that ninety nine percent. You're not taking food I'm off my plate. We're collaborating so we can get the entire buffet together. So that's what uh-huh. makes finding a mentor hard. But that is my number one piece of advice. But, again, that's why I do mentoring. That's why I do coaching and consulting. That's why I write books, to try to help people not have to recreate the will. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that because it's time for us. That's our biggest issue that I've noticed within the black culture um, with us you know, almost like against each other. Like, it's all me. It's all about me instead of us coming together. But you see other cultures, they come together. You know what I'm saying? They they really come together, and they grow, and they invest within each other, and they grow. And that's something we need to learn to do. We need to learn also how to have our own business, but to be able to come together and work together. That's how, uh, if we look back historically about um, Black Wall Street, you know, yes. the success behind Black Wall Street. A lot of people need to look into that. You know, it's time for us to come together and support each other, and that's how we could be successful because we are the largest spenders. <laughs> you know, yes. we spend the most money. You know, we love to look yes. good. We love to dress nice, so it's time for us to come together. And I like that you brought that up because a lot of people do go into business with the mindset that it's all about me, I'm gonna get all this money for myself. No, it takes a team. You know, and and, and nothing is more it's nothing more better than to have um uh, other individuals that do what you do and y'all can come together and help promote each other in business. So that's an awesome thing I like that you um brought that up. Um you share like a lot of amazing information and I hope that everyone that's listening <laughs> has taken this in, like, been making notes, like, really writing <laughs> it down, because that's a lot of helpful information that needs to be heard. And um, I'm excited about your ebook. you know, that you are writing a book to share this knowledge. You're not just like, hey, I'm going to keep this to myself. So, you know, you're putting it out there. So no. I like that you're doing that. So um, how can um, listeners get um, your products and how can we keep up with you on social media
1: yeah so my company the curl refinery our website is just that the curl um, that will give you our products ordering wholesale information we also do private labeling so people that have an amazing idea in the beauty industry whether it be a product or hair um, i help them make that idea theirs from the branding process of logo and packaging design to getting it produced in my factory and labeling it for them. So we do private labeling. If you want to get a hold of me personally for anything, I do speaking engagements, conferences, one-on-one coaching. You can go to my website, VanessaLorraine.com, or or email at info at VanessaLorraine.com. Okay.
0: Now, I want to ask you really quick, um, do you have any upcoming uh, workshops that listeners can check out
1: So we are planning something in Orlando. Um, Looks like it's going to be in October for stylists and people interested in the hair industry with the YouTuber who helped launch my business and make it go viral. I'm personally going to the Boss Conference in Miami. I'm not a participant. I'm just an attendee because I want to be around women just as driven as me that look like me. Um, Again, that's my passion. I also plan on being in Nashville in October also for a Women Empowerment event.
0: Okay. I definitely heard about the BOSS conference, and I'm making plans to attend that as well. Um, so hopefully yeah. I have a chance to uh, connect with you while I'm there because, like you, I love to be surrounded by other uh, others who are in business just like me that look like me. <laughs> You know, no offense to other cultures. I just love it. I think it's a beautiful thing to be surrounded by people who are doing what you do and they have the same mindset. So um, it's been a pleasure having you as a guest on Startup 100 Radio. Like, I'm looking forward to your book, I'm looking forward to um, everything that you have going on because, like, I love your um, personality. You're really um, motivated, and I like all the information that you drop for listeners and anyone that's interested in getting into the business. So I really thank you again for, like, being a guest on the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Thank you to everyone that has tuned in with Southern 100 Radio today. And uh, we'll be back next week with another dope discussion. You can follow Southern 100 Radio on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify. We're all over the place. <laughs> so be sure to tune in. Thank you, Vanessa Lorraine, again. Everyone, be sure to keep up with the Curl Refinery and get your products, get your hair products so you can look fly. All right. Thank you, Vanessa. You have an awesome week. You too. Thanks.